scripture came uh, to me um, when we were worshiping. And so I just thought I would start with it. Um, since it came to me, I didn't want to try and fit it in somewhere, sandwich it into my message. thought I'd better start with it and let it go where the Lord would take it. But we've been talking about pressing into God's presence and hearing his voice. This morning we spoke of um, how we are sheep and how we were created. We are fashioned and postured to hear his voice. He is our father. We know uh, the difference uh, between him and a stranger. And uh, translators actually say that we flee from a strange voice because we know immediately that ain't right. (laughs) But Jesus, of course, is our greatest example of uh, the pursuit of God. And and, and, uh, we know the story. He's at the well with the, uh, the woman at the well. And, uh, and talking to her about uh, this water of life, that if you drink this water I have, you'll never thirst again. And uh, basically, reads her mail, you know. She says, I have no husband. He said, you said, right, you know. You've had, you've had five, and the one you're with is not. And she was like, whoa, I perceive you are a man from God, you know, and runs and gets the whole town. But in the interim, here comes the disciples. And... Uh, said, Lord, you haven't eaten, you know. And they're like, do you need a hamburger or a filet fish sandwich or something, you know? And he says, I have meat that you know not of. For my meat, what drives me, what energizes me, what makes my feet hit the floor in the morning, I rise up excited about is to do the will of the Father. And so we're talking about the pursuit of God. We're talking about um, going after God in an aggressive way. And uh, Jesus was the greatest example of that. He would separate himself to be with the Father, even when his cousin, John the Baptist, uh, was beheaded. He separated himself, and they found him, and he ministered to the people. But he was always about his father's business, as from a child at 12 years old. And uh, his family... Um, couldn't find him, and they looked for him for three days. Now, you got to know if you're a mom, you'd have beat the snot out of him right there. Right? And uh, I always thought that the Scripture says that Jesus uh, learned obedience by the things that he suffered. Might have started right there at 12 years old, you know. And he's like, don't you ever, you know. And it says that he did actually, from that day forward, submit to them and actually didn't do that. So, But Jesus said, did, don't you know? Don't you know that I must be about my father's business? And so Jesus was all about the pursuit of his father and serving his father, honoring his father and, and pressing in to the things of God. Um, we, we want to pattern ourselves after Jesus when it comes to our relationship with our father, that we are stirred in our hearts. We are moved by those things that move him. What is God concerned about? What is God passionate about? What is on God's mind? I about guarantee you uh, that the things that we've been caught up with in the last months 
probably aren't the number one thing in priority on his mind. And this is all began what we, you know, some of the things that are going on in our nation and the world. Somebody asked me, what is God saying to you? You know, very, people say that, you know, God, you know, like waiting for a prophetic word from me. And it's so funny when he said it, it kind of caught me off guard. You know, you're having just a kind of a casual conversation and people, and then they said, what is God saying to you? And I said, God is saying to me, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's what he's saying to me. He's saying to me now what he said before all this started. What is on God's heart? That's what we want to be, is about our Father's business. And Jesus loved his Father. Jesus literally in the Garden of Gethsemane, which is the press, Garden of Gethsemane, he sweat out of the pores of his skin blood. Just the idea of being separated from the Father caused him such anguish. Now, I want you to know that Jesus is a man's man. He was not afraid of being whipped and beaten. It was separation from his Father for that time frame, those what we call three days. He sweat blood out of his pores and reasoned with the Father's will, ending with, nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. And set his face as a flint towards the cross, despising its shame for the joy that was set before him. And that's you and me. The joy of being able to be with us and us to be with him. That's what took Jesus to the cross is the will of the Father and the joy that's set before him. And that's you. That's me. That's us. That we may stand before him without guilt or shame or any sense of condemnation. And so uh, the scripture that I'd like to read is actually in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7. You know, you read a scripture and then <laughs> you read it in a translation and it just kind of comes alive and you're like, wow. But in the King James, uh, it says, Christ in the days of his flesh when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. I like the, the living translation. I'll read that first. It says, Yet while Christ was here on earth, ple he pleaded with God, praying with tears and agony of soul to the only one who would save him from the premature death. And God heard his prayers because of his strong desire to obey God at all times. I believe that's actually more accurate than he feared. You translate that, it actually, it seems a little bit more clear for our Jesus, right? But listen to the Amplified cla Classic. It says it this way. In the days of his flesh offered up definite special petitions for that which he not only wanted but needed and supplications with strong crying and tears 
to him who was always able to save him out from death. And he was heard because of his reverence toward God, his godly fear, his piety, in that he shrank from the horrors of separation from the bright presence of the Father. I believe that's why Jesus sweat great drops of blood. Not because of the nails, not because of the scourging, not because of of, uh, the crown or the spear or any other thing, but simply the horrors of being separated from the bright presence of the Father. And that's why he said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Well, the cup uh, was death. One translation says that he drank the dregs of death's bitter cup. He took all of humanity's sins into himself. That was the cup that he drank. For this reason, that we may come before him. The price for our access was great. Freely, we get to enter. But the price for admission was not free. Jesus paid that price for you and me. Now through faith, we access by the blood. Stand before God and take care of the serious business of heaven. Worshiping him, glorifying him. These are things that we will do for eternity. I'd like to be good at it when I get there, just so you know. I'd like to know what I'm doing. I'm sure I'm going to have to have somebody show me around. But I'd like to have a little bit of, you know, (laughs) I'd like to not start at, you know, the lowest level if I can. Get my praise on here. Get into his presence here. Know how he thinks here. Praise God. Glory to God. Access heaven. Take hold of the things of God. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Praise the Lord. Doesn't seem like we can do this by being casual. Doesn't seem like we can do this by trying to fit in or be normal or not draw attention to ourselves. Don't get me wrong. We shouldn't just be about drawing attention to ourselves. But what I can see in the word of God, that when you access God and access heaven and his glory comes on you, then you get attention. And all those who live godly in Christ Jesus shall, guess what? Suffer persecution. Believe me, demons will find you. We are not afraid of demons. But you start manifesting God's presence in the earth, then you will have them talking to you as Jesus did. Have you come to torment us before our time? Years ago, I remember a story of Brother Copeland Brother Copeland was actually Oral Roberts' pilot for a season, you know, and served Oral Roberts. And uh, somebody said, you know, they had a relative who was demon-possessed, was at a house. Kenneth Copeland shows up to um, get rid of the thing, and the demon spoke and said, are you Oral Roberts? Why would the demon say that? You start carrying the anointing of the anointing that you sit under. I'd like to hang out with Jesus and just have his anointing all over me. Don't you think? I know that I carry some of of Pastor David's anointing, having served him these many years. I've had other people say, oh, I I heard your pastor. Now I know where you get it from. You know, I'm like, cool. 
But wouldn't you like to say, uh, you know, as they did of the disciples, you know what they said of them? They took note that they had been with Jesus. Well, how would they recognize that? Because the same manifestations that Jesus had, they were having. The same boldness of speech. And they, they were amazed because these were fishermen. You know, these were not um, the educated. These were workers. But yet they spoke with authority. How does this take place? You spend time with Jesus. You stand before great people. He said, don't worry about what you will say. I will fill your mouth. We need to just start spending some time with Jesus hanging out with the Father, accessing the throne room of God. (laughs) He said, call unto me and I will answer you. I'll show you great and mighty things. Sometimes you think, man, my environment isn't what I'd like it to be. The condition of my life isn't exactly what I thought it would be. Well, I promise you, you spend extensive time with Jesus It will become what you will like it to be. He will change you. He will mold you. He will create an environment, believe me, that you will enjoy. Now, it isn't always what you thought it would be, but that's why he has to change your thinking. You have a certain perspective of yourself. Believe me, it's limited. God has a better plan. You thought you would just do these things when God has much greater things for you to do. I never expected that I would be ministering the word, standing on a pulpit. I was happy to just serve. But you start spending time with God and he takes you into a different place. And you find yourself standing in a place that you never believed you'd be qualified for. And as long as you don't think you're Mr. Big Britches or Mrs. Big Britches, you can stay there and go higher but you have to keep going in. This is what Jesus showed us. You got to keep accessing the Father. You have to keep going before him because he keeps your perspective right and he helps you not to uh, hurt people on the way there. I'm not saying that you have to walk on eggshells and try not to hurt anybody's feelings. I promise you, people will get hurt no matter what you do, but it doesn't have to be your fault. Does that make sense? Okay. And so God fills you with himself. Jesus hurt some people's feelings. He told the Pharisees they were of their father, the devil, that had to leave a mark. He said, the works of your father you will do. So Jesus didn't go around, uh, you know, just doing Zig Ziglar, you know, how to win friends, influence people, and dressing for success. He just, he spoke the truth and he did it in love. And for the people that were the sinners, the Sermon on the Mount, you see his heart towards those who are lost and how he spoke to the Pharisees. You see how he spoke to those who thought they knew but did not. He called them blind guides. He called them whitewashed sepulchers. It's amazing what you will do and say when you hang out with God. Moses was called the most humble man that ever was back then. You know, he's just full of humility. Goes before God and his whole head's glowing. 
Incidentally, he is a murderer. He murdered the Egyptian man. And God uses him to lead millions of people out of Egypt. Just a simple person. Many, many different people, simple people he used. Gideon, right? Good stuff. Let's just speed forward. Then he sees a young teenager. Her name is Mary. And through her, he brings redemption into the world. It seemed like she was quite comfortable standing before an angel and just said, be it unto me, even as you have said. One thing about pressing into God is that you'll have opportunity to obey when you hear his voice. I believe it's important to obey those, those things that he's saying to you, adjustments, because those adjustments that in his presence that you make um, make the way for the next thing. And I think some of us are still stuck in a place where we didn't do the last thing that he's required of us, and we're wanting to hear a new thing and a greater thing when we just need to do that thing he's already said to us to do. I believe God is calling each and everybody in this room to a rich experience in his presence on a regular basis. Don't get me wrong, I understand that there are days when it just wasn't possible to have your rich experience with him, but you need to fight for a day or two that you can. Is that a good goal, you guys? Each week that you check in and you check your heart and you realign yourself with what he is um, asking of you to do and realize that we together corporately tonight in this place uh, with these amazing gifted people have gone before him and stood before him corporately and he does things corporately, but he also does things individually. Y'all with me? And so we want to create um, atmospheres um, in your home or wherever you have to go. If it's the park, you know, I realize that some of you have um, busy quarters at your place, um, but whatever you have to do to find some place that you can uh, meet with God and talk to God and, and al allow him to speak to your heart about um, the very... Uh, practical things of life. And I, I'm not talking about that you have to hear whether to wear nylons or not or to, or to uh, comb your hair or brush your teeth. I mean, not every detail of life, eat beans or corn. I'm not talking about that. Uh, you can, I guess, if you want, but I think that you just need to study a little bit about nutrition and eat accordingly. But it comes to the decisions of life and, and relationships and, and things, direction, those kind of things for your life. And when it comes to the church, God gives you pastors and leaders that help you in these things. If, if this morning I spoke of the illustration of, of commanders and, and uh, you know, uh, that uh, the president of the United States, he is the commander in chief of all of the military. And so you are, are in an army. It is the army of the Lord. We are a family, but we also are an army. And you don't just, you don't just leave your mom and dad and go live with the neighbors when you're a kid. Eventually, you would grow up and go away. At least that's the will of God for, for families. 
is that you're not still in the house at 50 years old with mom and dad. Forgive me if you're taking care of your mom and dad. I understand that's a whole other deal. But eventually you go on and move on. But in, a, in an army, um, I, I would never decide, because I was at Nellis Air Force Base as an airman in the Air Force, I would never just decide, you know what, this is, I don't like this base. I'm going to roll. Peace out. I'm, I'm gone. I'm taking off. I'm going to McCord Air Force Base up in Washington. And then, and then have them say, that's an army base, you idiot. You're in the Air Force. Oh, well, what I meant was I'm going to Florida to Eglin. That's an Air Force base, right? But what makes you think you can just decide to go there? Well, I just, yeah, it's, I can go water skiing and fishing. But really, this is how Christians think. They think they can just do whatever they want. But listen, you have a commander-in-chief God when it comes to the army of the Lord. And the army of the Lord has commanders. There are uh, people that speak and prophets in our land. There are gifted people that oversee groups of people. There's nobody who's a prophet to everybody on the planet, so you know. But there are people that God has placed in your life, starting with pastor, starting with uh, the people that he has uh, brought into our uh, vicinity who speak into our life. And I'm, I don't know why we're on this again, but I'm just telling you that you will access God and he will specifically talk to you about your life and even your family and things of that nature. But in relationship to the army of the Lord, he's going to use a different person for that information. And thank God we have pastors that spend time in the presence of God. And so when they stand up here and speak, it's because that's the thing that we need. That's the, the artillery that we need. That's the rations that we need. That's the things that uh, we're going to have to need to have to face the coming battles that are ahead of us. And God will even give you some of that individually for your own life and your own situations. But I sure like the fact that if it gets a little scary, that I've got an army called Word of Life Christian Center I can call on. Y'all with me? People of faith. Challenges in my family. I didn't necessarily talk to everybody about, um, but I talked to those who I knew, um, knew how to fight. And it says in the word of God that he teaches our hands to war. I can, I can bend a bow of steel. Whew, I can break it. This is spiritual stuff where we can woof, get after it and take care of business. But some of that I'm going to get by just spending time in his presence. Personally, people start taking note. You've been with Jesus. They see him on you. They recognize the difference. You do things differently. The love of God obviously controls you. I know that over these many years, I've experienced it myself that, you know, I didn't always come ripping into church, especially Sunday night service, running all day long and morning. And, you know, you just get tired sometimes. But I used to lead prayer over here, you know. Thankful for those who, who pray. Thank you so much. But I'd go in there half not even wanting to be here. And I'm supposed to pray for the service. Lord God, 
Just do something. Start praying in the Holy Spirit. In that place, he changes me. Come out not even right. I mean, I go in not even right. Not really liking humans. Thinking that the only thing wrong with church is people. Come out full of God, full of love, and compassion and care for every person I run into. Spending time in his presence changes us. We need to be changed. We cannot walk around in this condition. We need to be changed. This morning we talked about um, the shepherd of the sheep, how um, he knows his sheep, and he's talking about them saying, and they know my voice. You know his voice. And I would just like to uh, read on from there in, in John chapter 10 and verse 11. He said, I am the good shepherd. We read actually uh, chapter 10 verses 1 through 5. And uh, I'm just going to verse 11. It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives life for his sheep. In, uh, in verse 16 says, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice. Well, this other sheep, by the way, just so you know, the other sheep he's speaking of is you and me. We are the Gentiles. He was speaking to Jews. He said, my sheep know my voice. And he says, I have other sheep, and they will know my voice. That's us. Thank God. Thank God you don't have to be Jewish to know his voice. Thank God you can be Jewish and hear his voice. But thank God that we, as children of God, as Christians, can hear his voice and know who's speaking. <laughs> In verse 27, my sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Condition that shows us that we're children of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Is the evidence our ability to walk where he tells us to walk and do what he tells us to do. Praise the Lord. And uh, to be honest, I mean, there isn't a scripture that says to me, Andy, thou shalt be a youth pastor for 38 years. There's not a scripture that says you shall serve this one man as an assistant for 38 years. But whatever God has called you to do, that will be challenged and you will have to go into his presence and you will have to hear his mind because it doesn't necessarily make sense to everybody else. But as long as it makes sense to him and you guys got a thing going, which you know, this isn't just applying to my life and the, the unusual condition of how I have served with my life. It applies to everything. Your marriage, everything. We go before him. Man, proving ground, trying ground is marriage and church families. Church families are also a mirror of marriage. 
So you, you, you just decide you can change churches like socks. <laughs> then you don't understand the church. Find one. And if God sent you there, he doesn't change his mind next week. So you go before the Father when you think, oh, man, this must be God's doing a new thing in my life. Talk to him. Talk to him. And believe me, those who are in authority in your life, when it comes to that kind of thing, would have an amazing perspective since one of the things that a shepherd does is carry a slingshot in his back pocket for snakes and wolves. It'll save you from having a fruitless life because God plants you in his house. God, God then is the gardener and you're a tender plant in the house of the Lord. He doesn't rip you out of the ground and slap you somewhere else. Especially when you have developed into a, a big, mighty oak tree. You don't just pluck those up and move them. So we could save ourselves a lot of trouble if we'll just spend time with Jesus. Just, I was gathering stuff for Thanksgiving, carrying late Friday night, closing Walmart. And there's young men there, you know, and so I got talking to them. They were helping me grab some stuff. And of course, I asked them if they knew the Lord. And, and uh, the one boy says, yeah, I've been baptized. And the other boy said, yeah, I haven't been doing so good, you know, in that area. Of course, I didn't know what that meant. He said, yeah, I haven't been talking to him much. I was like, how come? He said, I don't know. I said, have you ever been born again? He hadn't. We prayed. Encourage both of them to seek God with all their heart, that your life will go different if you will spend it seeking Jesus and spending time with Jesus. That's what we tell them. You'll change somebody's life and save their whole entire future. What you're doing here, young people, is more important than anything they're doing out there. Everything they're doing out there has no eternal value only what's done for Christ. One person said, soon this life will be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. What you're doing has eternal impact. You think, oh, well, you know, I'm not sure, Pastor Andy. Well, the enemy is a liar. What you do for his kingdom has great value. Praise the Lord. So we press in. These, these young people, many of these, we have quarterly fasting around here, you know, and, and these, these folks here know how to get in there, I'm telling you, go after it. I just love spending uh, a week in fasting and prayer with these young people and Peggy. <laughs> She's been faithful. Some of you, too, have been faithful to join us in those times, but we do pray every Tuesday as well and get in God's presence. Oh, my goodness, I'm over time. I didn't even realize it. I'm sorry. So we want to pursue God with all of our hearts and recognize his voice and obey it and follow after him. Praise God. This morning I gave you um, some things to do. I want to do it. I can say that again is, is uh, 
get into God's presence through worship. Um, actually, Patsy Caminetti, she said that you can take the stairs um, up to the top uh, or into his presence by prayer, or you can take the elevator by worship. <laughs> Incidentally, um, uh, worship and prayer are synonymous. We are communicating with God through either. You understand? And uh, so, so we worship and we glorify him. Uh, when uh, they asked Jesus, teach us how to pray, he said, pray this way. He said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Actually, that's worship. And uh, so then, then we, we can meditate on him and his word. And there will be a time that you just get quiet before the Lord. And I encourage you to have a notebook and let him talk to you and write down what he tells you. It could be revelation of a scripture. It could be some direction. Either way, you write down what he says. Um, some of you are using electronics to do st stuff like this, and there are apps. If that's what you want to do, you can use them. But at least put it down where you can find it, that he spoke to you about that thing at that time. Because God wants to invade our lives and be... Uh, in front of it, behind it, all over it. Praise God. Just got to give Jesus the driver's seat <laughs> and just uh, let life take a whole different uh, turn for you. Praise God. And we all just love God so much. Amen. Glory to God. And are so grateful and so thankful uh, to be included in his house and his family. And uh, so thank you so much for being so um, uh, attentive and so uh, leaning into the word tonight. Um, but I want to um, pray and, of course, uh, give people an opportunity to receive him now if they have not. Okay? Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I thank you for your grace resting upon these, your mighty people. Thank you, Lord God, for stirring up their hearts, giving them an excitement, a hunger, and a thirst to be in your presence, to seek your face, to give your word first place that you could breathe into each and every one of them your breath and energize. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you that the same spirit, the very same spirit that raised Christ from the dead quickens our bodies, that we, Father God, are able to rise and have energy and strength. We're able to pray. We're able to pursue you. We have the energy to do so. We have the desire in our hearts. We have the strength. We thank you for granting your people this desire and this strength. And tonight, Father God, if there's anyone listening online or, or in this room who doesn't know you, I ask that you would reveal yourself to them in a mighty way. We thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. If you've tuned in to the broadcast or you're here today in this room and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you would like to, I'm going to ask you, if you would, please, uh, to pray a simple prayer with me. Jesus died and was buried, and you rose again from the dead. If you believe that, and you pray this simple prayer from your heart by faith, that means you're a child of God. So will you pray this with me right now? Just say this from your heart. Say, dear God, everybody get together. Let's say, dear God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for me that he was buried, and he rose again. I call Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Thank you, Father, that I've been born again. In Jesus' name, amen.
Now, if you're in this room and you pray that prayer from your heart or you're online, according to God's word, you're a child of God. We actually have a book written by our pastor called Friendship with God that we'd like to give to you. If you'll contact us either by phone or through uh, email, uh, we would like to give you that book. All right.